Welcome to Free Christian Church of God's Audio Outreach Ministry. For more information regarding the audio outreach ministries, or to order past messages, please contact the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. And now here's Pastor Jimmy Fry with today's message. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word uh, today. God, just the depths of it. Uh, Lord, and and thank you for the challenge that we are faced with here uh, through Romans 1 and 2, and in all throughout your word, God, to offer unto you something so reasonable. In Jesus' name, amen. We hear the, the, the word living sacrifice. Uh, I talked with Pastor Mike this morning uh, as I was looking for something to put behind me on this screen Uh, I said, I feel like a living sacrifice is something that every pastor would preach on. And so, so we have this, um, this uh, background company uh, that I can go to, and I can I could type in a, a sermon topic or title, and it'll bring up some different things. I don't, I don't come up with all this. I'm not that creative. Uh, so I typed in living sacrifice. There should be all kinds of backgrounds for, uh, for living sacrifice. And on this Christian website, there were absolutely zero. Zero. The living sacrifice is becoming an endangered species. In this world, we are hard-pressed to find lives that are completely poured out to the glory of God. Society that preaches that everything is all about me has poached, effective, God-pleasing living from many. Starving people as they look for the next thing that will please us. Endangered species are any species that is at risk of extinction because of a sudden rapid decrease in population or a loss of its critical habitat. As true gospel preaching and living decreases, so will salvations. As sacrificial living decreases, so does the church. So does her convictions. And we have found a decrease in population and with the church faltering a loss of our critical habitat. And therefore the masses continue to fall short of the glory 
of God. After a pastor had finished preaching his series called The Sins of the Saints, he was scolded by a congregation member. Her argument was this. The sins of Christians are different from the sins of other people. Yes, the pastor agreed. They're worse. For when the believer sins, they not only break the law of God, but they break the heart of God. To offer anything short of a living sacrifice is sin. In the Old Testament, the book of Malachi opens up with a dispute between God and the corrupt people living in Jerusalem. It's an exchange that God would make through the prophet Malachi, and Israel's response would be questioning what God said. In Malachi uh, chapter 1, verse 2, it, it says this, I have loved you, says the Lord, but you say, how have you loved us? The discourse continues in verse 6, and I want to read here for a while, and, and I want you to see this story as it happened in Malachi, but also see this story as it happens in our own lives, okay? Verse 6, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am father, where is my honor? And if I am master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name? But you say, how have we despised your name? By offering polluted food upon my altar. But you say, how have we polluted you? By saying the Lord's table may be despised. When you offer blind animals in sacrifice, is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor? Says the Lord of hosts. And you now entreat the favor of God that he may be gracious to us. With such a gift from your hand, will he show favor to any of you? Says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors, that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. For from the rising of the sun to its setting, my name will be great among the nations. And in every place, incense will be offered to my name and a pure offering, for my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that is, its food may be despised. But you say, what a weariness this is. And you snort at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring what has been taken by violence or is lame or sick, and this you bring as your offering? Shall I accept that from your hand, says the Lord? Cursed be the cheat. 
who has a male in his flock and vows it and yet sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name will be feared among the nations. I feel like we should stop and pray again. That is a sermon in itself. A sermon in itself. The people were ripping off God. The priests would bring in the blind and the lame, and they would keep the best for themselves. The prophet Malachi is sent on a most dangerous task to confront the sins of the people. Both the sins that are against God and the sins that are against their fellow man. Eugene Peterson said the task of the prophet is not to smooth things over but to make things right. They wrongfully doubted the love of God. Therefore they didn't love him back. They didn't give unto God what he deserved. Malachi gives them every reason, showing them the history of God's great love for them, his undeserved mercy towards them. This, though, isn't just some historical phenomenon. We read this story and we ponder, how could they do such a thing to such a gracious and merciful God? Then we are struck with the similar appeal to our own life. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. What is the offering that you have laid upon the altar. How have you loved the one who first loved you? Have you become weary in your walk and turned your nose to the Lord, despising the fruit of his table? Christian, there must be a radical aroma to your life. A life lived that makes others around you uncomfortable. Both believers and unbelievers. Our love and our devotion should change the temperature of every room that we walk into. It should require a level of righteousness by others just by existing in their life. Where are those who hold their life cheap for the glory of God? Who live every moment of every day upon the altar of sacrifice because of their great love for Him. It's because of His great love for us that He sent His Son. Yet because of our love for Him we give little we give excuses, we give backtalk and debate. Saving faith is always, always, always a living faith. It's a working 
faith. It's a sacrificial faith. We know faith without works is what? It's dead. Present your bodies. A living sacrifice. Present in this verse is a verb, meaning it's an action. And in this verse, it is a once and forever present. It's a once and for a lifetime offering. There's no taking it back. There's no borrowing it for earthly things. It's an appeal to give up your life for good all the time. It's both the right response for what God has done for us, and it is the reasonable service. The first 11 chapters, especially chapters 3 through 11 in the book of Romans, is spent much like the first five verses of Malachi, showing the mercies of God. Paul's not going to ask us to do something that's not reasonable. He's setting us up in, in the first part of Romans. The undeserved favor of us needy sinners. The sacrifice is reasonable service. We who fell short of the glory of God now by his grace live our lives, offer them joyfully to the glory of God, even to the details of eating and drinking to the glory of God. The therefore of God's mercies should cause this singular response of sacrifice in our lives. And it involves giving God our body, our mind, and our will. I used this quote in a sermon before. I just love it. Jim Elliott said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. A living sacrifice. The more we grasp of the mercies of God, past, present, and future, the more empowered we are to live our lives as a sacrifice. How can one know God and learn all the things about God and not be motivated to sacrificially live his life in laboring in the field? How is it even possible? We understand more about God and it absolutely affects how we live. It has to. That is how it works. It affects the risks we take. It affects our willingness to take hits for the glory of God. We press on because we know God, we know what he's done, and we know what he will continue to do for us. It's a reasonable service. One, one commentary said I want to share with you. Uh, the English phrase is somewhat ambiguous. It might mean a service demanded by reason. Such, however, is not the sense of the Greek, but rather a service of the reason. I like that. A service rendered by reason. Therefore, 
It says, in view of the whole previous argument, meaning the beginning of Romans, in which gratuitous remission of sin and acceptance of the guilty for Christ's sake has been explained. In the consequent gift and influences of the Holy Spirit and the assurance of glory in which two the closing sections have reminded both Gentile and Jewish believers of the special aspects of sovereign mercy in their respective cases. It is a service of the reason. The living sacrifice. See, as believers, our commission is to flee the world. We're called to, to leave behind its vices and its traps and its distractions and offer ourselves, our bodies, all of who we are as a living sacrifice. But then we're given very specific details about this sacrifice. First, it is living. First, it is a living sacrifice. Not like the sacrifices of the Old Testament, but a sacrifice that gains more life, that gains better life, that gains extraordinary life, that gains abundant life by laying down life. And not just living, but he details this sacrifice as holy. We are to offer our lives holy, set apart, dedicated, consecrated to God. By offering our bodies, he's saying the whole of who we are. Yourself in its entirety laid before him. And I just want to break that down real quick. What does that mean? What does that consume? That means where your feet carry you. That means the places you walk, the things that you chase, the paths that you trod, the plans that you make is part of this living sacrifice. It includes our eyes. What we see, what we watch, what we read, where we fix our gaze. It includes our ears, what we hear. The music we listen to, the news we digest, the conversations we ease into, the jokes we take in, even the sermons we hear. It includes our mouth, what we put into it, what we send forth from it, what we eat, what we drink, the stories that we tell should be worthy of his kingdom and his mercies. It includes our hands and our fingertips. What we text, what we search, the quality of parts we make where we work, the pages of the books that we turn, the hands that we hold. You see, we can ask too often, how does God fit into your plans when the living sacrifice is one that fits into God's plans? You see, before our salvations, our hearts and our minds spend every ounce of its energy in rebellion against God. 
against his will, against his plans, against his purpose, but our lives, which were bought with a price, were clutched by his glorious light, and now every ounce of our energy is to be poured out in worship to God. 1 Corinthians 10.31 So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, Whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything we do should lift high the name of Jesus. Wouldn't our lives look totally different if before we made any decision, before we had any discussion, if we would say, can I do this to the glory of God? You'd sin less, you'd be distracted less, you'd have a lot less regret, you'd have a lot more time on your hands, and God would be well glorified if you would simply ask the question, how does this glorify God? How does this edify the people around me? How does it draw others closer to a relationship with God? Everything we do, bringing glory to God, should protect souls around us. Everything we do should be for his glory, for our own good, and for the good of our neighbors. Yes, even the things we eat and drink. The body of the Christian is the temple. I heard, I heard somebody uh, use this first one time as an excuse for being overweight. They said, I just want to build him a big one. I just want to build him a big temple. Uh, I, I, don't know, I didn't know how to in- interpret that. I don't know if that's biblical or not. I can't help you out there. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Or do we not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I don't think this was, is meant just spiritually. I think it means everything. Everything within your body, both physically, spiritually, This, this verse shows us that life itself is worship. Not, not just gathering together at 10.30 to sing, but every beat of your heart is worship. What did I just use that breath for? It's worship. No part of you belongs to you. Not one part of you. Romans 8, 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. It's it's pretty easy to see that the world is, especially now, bent on mind control. From the things that we see to the things that we hear, the colors, the 
sparkles of everything. The news, the entertainment is never for leisure. It's never for leisure. It's either to worship God or to worship something other than God. There's no idle things for us. You can be sure that everything that the world puts in front of you is meant to bend your mind from God. Everything. It's an outside pressure that enters through our eyes, it enters through our nose, it enters through our hands or our mouth. But our mind is transformed by that which is within. Psalm 119.11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. That means at all times, that's what should be coming out of you. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching, in a, admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. It's all part of the living sacrifice. It is the living sacrifice. Offering our bodies starts with a sound mind. It starts with a mind that is washed in the word of God. It starts with a heart that's been set on fire. Never by motivational speeches or the plans of men. But by the hope that we've been given. And the promises that we can grasp. If the Lord has your heart in your mind, your body will follow suit. People say, oh, this just, you can't judge me. You don't know my heart. Mm. Well, people know your heart by watching your actions. What are you sacrificing to? Philippians 1, 20, 21, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, not be at all ashamed, but with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Could we write that today? I mean... <laughs> Uh, it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, but that with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored until my feelings are bad. Uh, or until things get tough. No. Whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. Amen. 
Conviction. <laughs> right? Let's pause for dramatic effect here. No. Is it not us? For me to live, that means my breath. Christ, my heartbeat. Christ, my words. Christ, my work ethic. Christ, my food. Christ, my drink. Christ. And if I die, yes. Yes. To understand a living sacrifice is to understand for me to live is Christ. Two sides of the same coin that cannot be overstated. Paul saying, for me to live is Christ makes no sense to us because we don't offer ourselves a living sacrifice. But when you offer yourself a living sacrifice, you see death as gain. Every moment from Paul's conversion to the day he was martyred pointed to Christ. He made tents to the glory of God. Every move of our life should be the same. Proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ is to live as Christ. Setting a Christ-like example is to live is Christ. Shedding away the world is to live is Christ. He is your one desire. Your one goal, the one thing you want to achieve is to be more like Christ, to glorify Christ more in everything that you do. And if you stumble across something in your life that does not do it, you quickly, quickly Burn it away. Harry Reader said, We are created to worship, saved to worship, and providentially sustained to worship. To offer ourselves a living sacrifice. Here's an interesting reality Jesus had to take on a body to do and accomplish God's will on earth. He's not, God's not even asking us to do anything he didn't do himself. <laughs> Our high calling then is to continue the work of God on this earth. And he does his work through our body. Romans calls our bodies instruments of righteousness. the reasonable sacrifice of our body is offered then to one place and one alone. It is to God. Not even for yourself. Though there is a benefit for you, absolutely, He is the highest reason for every move of your being. Not for us, not for our 
image, not for our finances, not for our church, not because the pastor preached on it, not because you have a leadership position or because you have status, but for God and for God alone. Sacrifice offered to anything else or for anything else is idolatry. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We don't get to say what spiritual worship is. God says what spiritual worship is, and he says, this is it. And if you don't, cursed be the cheat. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the clarity of your word. God, how we can't stand here and and, and say, I, I didn't know better. I, I misunderstood. God, you, you, you point it so clear. Uh, Lord, I pray for your church today. I mean your church within these four walls, myself included. Lord, that we would, we would truly examine our lives. What do, we, what do we do? Why do we do it? And whose glory is it actually for? God, I know if I, go, if I go down that checklist in my own life, I would be ashamed for the findings to be known to man. But God, the truth is those findings are known to you. And you're really the only one that matters. God, might today we deal with the conviction of our heart and truly offer everything, the best of everything. No longer something that we can do without. But everything to the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Pastor Jimmy Fry from Free Christian Church of God in Continental Ohio. We hope you have enjoyed today's message, and we would like to invite you to visit us next Sunday morning. Our Sunday morning services begin with Sunday school at 9.30, followed by the worship service at 10.30. Free Christian Church of God is located on the corner of State Route 15 and State Route 634, just north of Continental. For more information regarding this or other ministries, call the church office at area code 419-596-3103 or visit our website at www.freecog.org. This has been a Free Christian Church of God audio outreach ministries production. 